0: Welcome to the Tuesday Show. It is, of course, Team Name Tuesday, and the Brewers played, so we'll have a Thames watch for you. Those are the segments you can bank on. Welcome. I'm Adam Azer. We got the full gang here. Uh, We are Non-Zero Chance. I forgot about our band name. We are Non-Zero Chance. Heath Cummings, Chris Towers, Scott White. Good morning, everybody. How are we today? So good, Adam. Oh, really? So
1: good. Yes.
0: I'm fine. He's not that great. Why?
2: Oh, Heath, what's wrong? I'm just a little bit irritable. It's, it's, it's tough times being a fan of the worst team in baseball.
0: Hmm. Yeah, well, don't, just ask Scott for help with that. He's, he's, you know, he's got experience, so. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you well. know, during this <laughs> rebuild,
1: they've never been the worst team in baseball. I just want to point out. Well, Braves. except for like three fourths of last year.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: but no, they didn't end up with that first overall. Heath, full season stats are more predictive. That's right. That's right.
0: True. That's right. <laughs> So uh, we we love buy low sell high, especially early in the year. And I'm gonna give some some players, and you tell me buy low or heck no, and sell high or keep this guy, because I like to rhyme on on team name Tuesday. Did that just come out just now. That rhyme? No, it's in the notes. It's in the notes. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. all right, fair enough. Prepared rhyme. I, I would have liked it better off the cuff. Uh, not quite capable of that. Uh, yeah, neither am I. You dirty rat. So we've got Josh Harrison and Jed Jerko double-donging and uh, Noah Sindergaard out several months and Aaron Sanchez on the DL a lot more. Let's start with Monday standouts. Happy Heath Cummings. Why don't you nominate a standout from Monday's action?
2: Um, well, should I choose Cesar Hernandez or Travis Shaw?
0: Oh, it's toot your own horn Tuesday. I, I, mean, I did toot your own toot <laughs> horn Tuesday.
2: No, I was glad. I was worried about the hand injuries for both Steven Souza and Travis Shaw. Uh, Souza didn't do anything to make me feel better about it, but Travis Shaw's three run dong
3: certainly did. Can I? uh Did you see my Steven Souza uh, uh, note from last night on no. Twitter? He has yet to hit a baseball more than 373 feet this season, uh, even though he has four home runs. Okay. Uh, he has the lowest home run, average home run distance in baseball. Five different pitchers have hit a ball further than Steven Souza's furthest hit ball. Has Jock Peterson? What?
2: I was asking if Jock Peterson hit a ball farther. Than Steven yes.
1: Peterson. Okay. What is that?
0: What is that? What is that? Wow.
2: Ordering. I just don't have to take everything <laughs> so personal.
0: Are you sure Jock Peterson
3: has, or are you just assuming? <laughs> I'm 100% certain Jock okay. Peterson. The Royals I think won yesterday. I'm sure I mean, he's
2: right.
0: I don't, I don't get that. All right, so... Uh, I forgot who is, Travis Shaw, sure. Uh, that was good. Back in the lineup hitting a home run. Uh, Scott, who's your Monday standout? I am starting to get genuinely
1: excited about Jed Jerko, and not just because he's hot, I mean, he is hot, he's batting 500 in his last... Good looking guy. Uh, his last nine games with four home runs, six home runs now overall, two home runs last night, of course, but he is... Always been a player for, we think of him as this all or nothing power hitter because the batting average is always low and he doesn't walk much, but he, he never has struck out all that much either. He's always had a low strikeout rate for a hitter of his profile. Uh, and this year, you know, I've noticed, it, it, it kind of inspired me to check because he hit a 414 foot home run to right center yesterday. He's going opposite field 33% of the time. Between left center and right, his hits have been evenly distributed. When in the past, he's pretty much been a dead pull hitter. So if that, if that works in conjunction with the fairly low strikeout rate, I I could see him becoming a decent source of batting average all of a sudden. And with triple eligibility, second, third, and shortstop, and you know, we obviously know the power
0: potential he possesses. I think it's time to add him pretty much everywhere. Whoa. Okay. So, so Jerko is 69% owned. He went four for five with two home runs. He is the number eight second baseman in points, number six second baseman in roto, number six shortstop in points, number four in roto. I didn't look up where Jerko ranked at third base, but I do know that last year he had, man, I'm trying to look it up now. Uh, so I, I, I'll get back to it, but Jerko had one unbelievably hot stretch and he's never hit more, better than 249. I know you just addressed it, but
1: yeah. Yeah, he's always been a streaky hitter. I just think, I'm seeing a change here in the kind of hitter he is. Potentially, I mean, it's a small sample size for what direction he's hitting the ball like everything else, but you would think, uh, you would think that aspect wouldn't be as streaky as other aspects of a player's profile.
3: He had, uh, basically, I don't know, he was only bad for one month last season, really. He wasn't any good in June. He had a four seventy one OPS, but he had a seven sixty five OPS or better in every month. Uh, he became an everyday player starting in July pretty much, and he hit 23 home runs in the final three months of the season.
0: Well, he's got some pop. And actually, I was surprised there's only six home runs now for Jerko. He only had four going into the game, but two homers. All right, so Devin Travis or Jed Jerko? Only six? That's what? A 36
1: homer pace?
0: I, well, I just, uh, I was surprised that he only had four going in. Well, I, he, he hasn't played every day, right? Probably not. So he only yeah.
2: has 72 yeah. played up here. Yeah, they've spot, been,
1: yeah, that's... The, well, the reason I kind of scoffed at it is because I'm not really sure how to gauge what a good home run total is this time of year. Cause if you have four right now, you're basically on a 25 homer pace, but that seems like nothing compared to how many players have much more than four, you know? Yeah, I mean, 25
0: homers would be great for any shortstop eligible player. Sure, sure. Which Jerko is? Um, It's
1: probably still too early to talk about pace.
0: like
3: one home run changes your pace dramatically. All right, let's
0: let's Devin Travis or Jed Jerko. Jerko, Jerko, Jerko. Nah, Ernando Perez or Jed Jerko. Perez. Um, I say Jerko. Jerko. Perez did not play yesterday. I was very disappointed. I just picked him up. Sad him. All right,
1: wasn't playing. That's sad.
0: Yeah, yeah, right, even worse. Uh, Chris, Monday standout? Uh,
3: I will go, I guess we, we have to talk about Dylan Bundy again. He's had such a weird start to the season. Uh, and perhaps the weirdest thing is that he's somehow faced the Red Sox three times in his first six games and, uh, has had good results against them every time, even though I think he's got like seven strikeouts in 18 innings or something against them. So it's kind of, It's kind of tough to know what to make of him right now.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, he's got, Dylan Bundy has a 182 ERA, 10 walks, 25 strikeouts, and 39 and two thirds. If you really break down the strikeouts, he's, as Chris mentioned, he's faced the Red Sox three times. He's faced Toronto and Tampa Bay the other three games that he started. And those, those two teams are top six in strikeouts. Tampa Bay is number one. So he did very well with against Toronto, 14 strikeouts in 13 innings. One start against the Rays, only 3 strikeouts. He had a very bad fastball in that game. That was his, his second, you know, his previous start before last night. But Bundy was throwing harder last night, uh 92 I think pretty consistently and I saw him get up to like 94 I think. Uh and I that's why I was surprised that he only struck out two Red Sox. And I, it, I think yeah.
2: This early in the year, like you could make two equally valid arguments that Bundy just got through the Red Sox three times. His the opponents faced for the rest of the year is likely to be much easier than it's been to this point in the year. He'll probably pitch better. His results won't be as good, but you should kind of wipe your brow because you got through like a really good lineup three times.
0: All right. Did he though? Then, because they have the fifth fewest runs scored in baseball. Right. Yes. There are,
3: but that part of that is the fact that he's only allowed five runs and three starts.
1: And maybe part of that is because Dylan Bundy faced them three times. The uh, other uh, side of that equation,
2: I would say, is that peripherally, he looks a lot like what Dylan Bundy has looked like in his career. He's got a four three six career Sierra, he's got a four six five this year.
3: Well see, he doesn't look all that much like himself he's, though like he really he's really had a career he, well yeah but <laughs> a he's a, fly balls but he's a very different pitcher than he was last year because like last he year he was a betters out and he's not walking as many
2: he's been a, a very okay. different pitcher. the batted ball profile looks very similar with almost no ground balls a ton of balls hit in the air hard contact really pretty similar and again is when you whether it's he's getting it with more strikeouts and more walks or less strikeouts and less walks, a very middling Sierra.
0: Well, let's talk about value for Dylan Bundy because I did have him in the sell high or keep this guy category. First of all, what would you be looking to do? Would you sell high on Dylan Bundy or would you keep this guy?
3: I think if someone views him as like a number two starter, I would definitely sell him because I don't think he's that good. Um. But I think you're in a weird spot with him because I don't like I don't know who Dylan Bundy is. Like we're we're a fifth of the way through his season probably, and I really don't know
1: what to make of Dylan Bundy right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, maybe the Sparp relief pitcher eligibility yeah. and, and points leagues could allow you to sell high. Like you kind of did, Adam, getting Zach Britton for him, although Britton has his own concerns. Um, yeah, I think that was a good trade. Yeah, Britton will I, uh, be back today. Right. Right. I, I think part of the issue is, yeah, we, we don't have a good grasp on who Dylan Bundy is, but how many pitchers do we have a good grasp on who they are? 25, 30, something like that? Right? There, there's a lot of guys that we know are bad, <laughs> no, that's, or at least not very but like, like We know who Jake but is. Like right? But six
3: starts in, do we know who the guy that Dylan Bundy faced last night, Rick Porcello, is? Because he's looked yeah. like a very different pitcher than he was last year. Yeah. Well, and last year he looked like a way different guy than he'd been throughout his whole career.
0: I right? think
2: for, I would trade Dylan Bundy for Rick Porcello. I, I
3: me too. Yeah,
0: I,
2: I don't
3: would
0: really rather like Porcello. Porcello that
2: much, but I would take Porcello for Bundy.
0: Yeah, Okay. Uh, who would you rather have rest of season? Here's my standout from yesterday. Julio Tehran or Dylan Bundy? Tehran still. Mm-hmm. But I'm not particularly pleased with what he's doing right now. No. No. 18 walks to 27 strikeouts in 35 and a third. And two years ago, when he had a bad 2015, the walks were up 3.3 walks per nine. Uh, and he's usually around 2, 2.1, 2.2. Uh, last year, he got it back down. And he had a he had a nice year, if I remember correctly. It was really like two months where Tehran was good, and he wasn't he wasn't good for a lot of the year last year, which is why I, I sort of stayed away. I was offered Tehran for Kyle Schwarber in our podcast league. I said no, even though Schwarber's got his own issues right now. Uh, I, so. I guess I kind of felt better about it yesterday. I saw he hit with the bad start, six runs on six on six hits and six innings against the Mets, and right now a 4.33 ERA. How much do you trust Julio Tehran, Scott White? I mean, it
1: is a pretty steady track record. So, for that perspective, from that perspective, like I feel like he's more trustworthy than most pitchers you'd put in like that number three spot of your rotation, but. Like if he keeps walking, guys, at this rate, that's that's going to blow everything up. He, we need to see a turnaround with those. He he leads the NL and walks
0: right now, which is completely out of character. Okay, so that's Julio Teran. Julio Teran or Michael Fulmer rest of season. Tehran. Right. I go Fulmer. I think I'd go Fulmer. Let's go do our quote of the day. Our quote of the day is from Mike Napoli, who was involved in a bit of a dust up. The bench is cleared in the Astros Rangers game. He said, "So here's what happened: Lance McCullers." Uh, gave up a home run to Napoli earlier in the game. Uh, you know. Then a couple of, of Astros were hit by the Rangers, uh, Andrew Kashner. It didn't seem intentional. So then McCullers throws behind Mike Napoli, behind him with a fastball, and Napoli says, I've been in the game a long time. I understand how things work. Two of their guys get hit, but all he has to do is put it in my hip and I run down to first base. No one likes 95 miles per hour behind their back.
3: All right, so like, how how much did he miss his hip by? Because like, Lance McCullers doesn't exactly have pinpoint control. It's entirely possible he tried well, to hit him on
0: the hip. It's I didn't possible. see how
2: high the pitch
0: was. It wasn't that high. It wasn't that. Like, this is what I understand. You'd rather get hit in the hip than missed behind the back. Makes well, no sense. I
2: I think behind the back makes more sense if it was behind his butt. Then I don't think
0: he has any argument. But the whole the, behind whole the thing back is closer to the hip. He the missed. whole thing is dumb. It it is dumb. It is dumb. But he missed. I'd rather I'd rather him miss. Don't hit me with ninety-five in the hip. It's gonna we'll hurt like hell. Uh the other double donger yesterday, other than Jed Jerko, was Josh Harrison. Josh Harrison two for four with two homers. He is now the number thirteen second baseman in po- both points in Roto, batting three thirteen with four home runs. And Josh Harrison has already equaled his two thousand fifteen and two thousand sixteen home run output. He hit four in those two seasons. Any interest in Harrison? He's forty-three percent owned. I think Josh Harrison's a, a fine little player. Team but not three. because uh,
3: not because he's going to hit home runs. I want to see him steal more bases. He only has two and four attempts so far. That's what I'd like to see go up.
2: If anybody wants to buy high on Josh Harrison, t- come to Team Creeth. He is for sale.
0: Ah, whoa! We haven't discussed this. He's for sale. I don't know. <laughs> He can give you a little batting average. He's going to bat better than 280 every year, it seems. But he really doesn't do anything else, Josh Harrison. Uh, It's time now for the Thames watch. Eric Thames went one for four with a double, an RBI, and a run scored, and a walk at St. Louis. So he is back in business. And speaking of watches... Very happy to hear that our listeners are discovering the greatness of movement watches. These are beautiful watches, very affordable. We've got our movement watches, all of us. So go get yours and get 15% off. So here's the URL for you, 15% off, free shipping, free returns. Go here, mvmtwatches.com slash fbaseball. That's the letter M as in movement both times, mvmtwatches.com slash fbaseball, 15% off, free shipping, free returns. Now let's talk about the watches. Good luck settling on a favorite. There are so many sharp men's watches. I'm a big fl- fan of the Slate and the Denali. Uh I showed my fiance the women's selection. She was very impressed. Movement watches start at just $95 at a department store you're looking at 400-500 bucks. So get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmtwatches.com/fbaseball. Step up your watch game people. Get MVMTwatches.com slash FBaseball and join the movement. All right, news and notes. Noah Syndergaard, partially torn lat, could miss several months. GM Sandy Alderson said there was no connection between the biceps injury and the lat injury. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> sure. He said.
2: Dr. Alderson. They yeah. do both connect to the
0: shoulder. The Mets so have there is such a, a strong there. track record that I think we have to take them at their word here. Uh is there anyone in there that's going to join the rotation that you're interested in picking up? No. I will keep
3: an eye on Rafael Montero, uh, but I will not add him.
2: I was really struggling because I am updating my rankings this morning and I, I don't think I'm dropping Cindergaard low enough. Like, why not? First off, I don't like the term several months. I'm hoping that Adam just used that. Yeah,
1: there's no timetable. If it's two months feels like a, a, Good scenario, right? Well, Stephen Matz had the same sort of injury two years ago, um, and he missed almost exactly two months. I, I do think it's worth noting uh, Clayton Kershaw had a lat injury. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it was quite as bad as this one. He came back. Uh, this was in 2014. Remember, they they took that trip to Australia yeah. for a late March game, and there was the long flight back, and he ended up missing. Uh, about six weeks after doing that, and that was the year he won both the Cy Young and the MVP. And, and Sonny Gray is coming back after about six weeks, right? Uh, yes. Now I don't know that I don't know that either Kershaw's or Gray's were classified as a tear. I well, mean, the strain is basically that's, that's a small tear. That's the thing. Is that it's all it, it all depends
3: on what the like the Mets. I know they don't like to refer to hamstring strains. They never mm-hmm. knew. They always call it a pull. When a player hurts their hamstring, it was suspect as when he left the game the other day. He said he had a hamstring pull, so it, it might just be a terminology
0: thing. Yeah, because ah. a strain is a tear, right? And we right. got we got Chris to say the word pull, which is always fun. Always, <laughs> always good. I didn't even say anything this time. But here's the thing. Um, I, actually, I'll let you talk, Heath. Sorry, go ahead.
2: Well, because I I dropped Syndergaard down to thirty third.
3: How can you not? First thought. How can you not drop him? How, how? What's the argument for not
2: dropping Madison Bumgarner lower than Noah Syndergaard? I Madison Bumgarner's injury happened first. I heard it, about a two month timeline on Madison Bumgarner. All star break.
0: It, it's all. It's re- after the all star break for Bumgarner, so it's more than two months from now. It's going to yeah. be about three months. And that's a when it's that's a shoulder.
3: Like you can agree
0: that a shoulder is a,
3: connected to the shoulder. Sh- no, it, well, no, it's, it's, it's
1: not. It's not the joint though. The joint is where well,
3: it's a it's a grade two strain. It's a tear of a of a shoulder
2: uh, muscle muscle. The, a back shoulder the back shoulder and area. I didn't I guess the other thing would be I one Madison Bumgarner doesn't pitch for the Mets <laughs> <laughs> that, that doesn't matter at all like you just roll your eyes at that like you don't think there's a chance that they bring Syndergaard back a week too early
1: it matters a little he, uh, uh, yeah I mean we can't for, we can't make fun of the Mets all week and but then, uh,
3: but I don't think like two Mets are any more desperate to do that than the Giants might be oh I think they definitely are the Giants could be pretty desperate
0: Giants could be out of contention by then they the Met, they're not good. The Mets have But well, they the could turn it around. I mean, they the, could. The, and
2: then the other thing is I I had and I think everybody had at least small injury concerns with
0: Cindergard, more than we did with Bumgarner coming into the year. And and sure. Bumgarner's wasn't a pitching injury either. But but here's the thing, like I was very close to to trading for Bumgarner yesterday. I was going to give up uh Caras it whatever, it doesn't matter cuz Dozier was in the trade too. So, I was going to I almost did, but then I just thought to myself like I don't I don't know that I just expect Bumgarner to come off the DL and be one of the best pitchers in baseball from
3: a from a from a shoulder, shoulder injury.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I don't know I don't know what to expect like like you have to lower them in your rankings based on the time they're going to miss. But yeah. the the hardest part is what are they going to be when they come back? And I I don't know. I can't answer and that. And I
3: I would say I'm more worried about Bumgarner's injury than Syndergaard's in terms of that in terms of coming back and
1: being yourself yeah Yeah. i agree based on the little bit we've seen like the two exam the two most recent examples matt's and kershaw i don't know that the most recent examples but the most notable examples they were both pretty much back to normal And, and sonny gray was
3: reportedly hitting 94 95 in his minor league rehab assignment coming back so i just i think a lat injury is just it's necessarily less serious than a shoulder like I, there's a chance that Bumgardner
2: comes back and isn't Madison. Bumgarner. I wasn't even trying to compare Cindergard to Bum- Bumgardner so much as I was like the guys that I still have behind Cindergard. One of them, two spots behind is Dylan Bundy. If I'm giving Dylan Bundy a two month head start, like maybe if I'm on a f- three and one, four and O team, f- four and one team, then I feel okay holding on to Thor for that long. Yeah, ah,
0: yeah, man, no, that's, that's the thing. That's, like, Rough. You gotta, you gotta 6. have a good team, I think, if you're gonna trade for either of those two players. Yeah. And I think my philosophy has been this. I'm gonna give, I'm only gonna give up a player that if he's out for the year starting tomorrow, I'm not gonna miss him that much. I think that's fair. And that... It's gonna be really hard to trade
3: for either of those guys or move either of them.
0: Yeah, probably. And I, uh, I think it's more likely to be a hitter that I'm giving up, because I keep finding myself going, uh, I don't want to give up my pitching depth as well. You know, you know how I feel about pitching. But anyway, I mean, you guys do what you want. Uh, everybody out there, do what you want with Cindergard. Do whatever you want. And, and uh, that's, just, that's the that's the theme of our podcast. Listening. No, I think we I think we stated our opinion well enough. That was just an awkward transition. Aaron Sanchez is on the DL. <laughs> Ryan Braun day to day with trap tightness. Steven Wright's on the DL with a knee injury. Any interesting replacements there? Uh no. David Price. No, it would. Yeah, that's just hoping
3: David <laughs> Price gets back pretty soon. Yeah, it'd probably be Which like Brian Johnson or something. A couple turns, in, right?
0: Yeah, I think it will be Johnson. Uh, Miguel Cabrera should be back today from a groin injury. Tyler Skaggs out 10 to 12 weeks with an oblique strain. Yikes. Brandon Crawford could be back Friday. Jorge Soler is having a good rehab assignment. He's hitting the ball well. Should we go pick up Jorge Soler before it's too late? Have we ever seen
3: Jorge Soler and, uh, Jorge Bonifacio in the same place at the same time. There are a
2: lot of similarities, except that Jorge Bonifacio doesn't strike out that much.
0: <laughs> so there's 33% owned. What's that? He's 33% owned. So there. I think he's worth going
2: out and adding. Yeah, they. The last thing I saw, and it was a couple days ago, was the Royals were in no rush to bring him back, and I would assume that's because Bonifacio is hitting the ball really well right now, and they just want to let him hit for a while. But, but... you got to think if either of those guys can hit, they're
3: going to get in the lineup somewhere. With how bad that team is. They should, Yeah, Brandon Moss probably needs
2: to have a disabled list trip.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can play first base. Like standardized threats. What's that? Is that a threat? No, I just, I'm very, like a mafia move. It's a Nancy Kerrigan situation. He's like
2: 38 years old, probably 32 or something,
1: but
0: (laughs) can't hit worth a, anything right this is tremendous this is tremendous heath cummings royals frustration on today's podcast uh evan longoria dealing with foot soreness it could be plantar fasciitis and that's bad Uh, hands off evan longoria like not drop but through don't
3: acquire he played through plantar fasciitis in 2014 i think yeah Um, and i don't think he was that good right it's it's a lingering. It was his. It
1: was his worst season. It's a lingering condition, but it's one that like players often play through, and, and often with no ill effects. So it's just. I, I think the severity.
0: There's a wide range of potential outcomes with that. All right, Avi Garcia sat with groin tightness. He should be back today. Wellington Castillo day to day with the neck spasms. Hanley Ramirez dealing with a shoulder injury. It might only be a throwing injury. Like they're talking about him next week at Milwaukee. Can he play first base? Not sure it's affecting his hitting. Uh, Hyunjin Yunjin on the DL with a hip contusion. Thank you to the Dodgers for sorting that out. And interesting stuff on the ESPN broadcast last night from Tim Kurchin. He was talking about what he's learned from Buck Showalter. Buck Showalter has uh, guidelines when you're drafting a player. He says, don't draft a guy with bright blue eyes because he can't see well during day games. Um, Buck Showalter likes players with square heads. Not a lot of facial hair. He doesn't want an 18-year-old with... With uh, a lot of facial hair, because that means he won't be able to grow into his body more. And he likes a high butt, whatever Uh, that. Disagree. Disagree on
3: the high butt. High butts a bad sign. Really? Basketball. Yeah. (laughs) I have a very strong high butt. Bias (laughs) bias <laughs> like, in basketball i don't know Different body types. i don't know if it works in baseball either you're you want a low center of gravity in baseball you want to you want a strong core and a high butt doesn't give you a strong core i want a kirby Puckett body in baseball you
2: know i'm gonna take buck show <laughs> opinion on this one <laughs> i yeah.
3: want someone shaped like a bowling
0: ball it was really interesting and apparently josh hamilton confirmed to tim Kirchin that he he had trouble seeing uh during day games with his eyes so that's interesting stuff also interesting. How, how's story. his butt? I'm not sure. You know, uh, he has a really high
1: butt. Can, really? <laughs> Michael
3: Pineda. Andrew he Miller does. has the highest butt I've ever seen. He just Andrew has Miller's butt is six
0: feet off the floor. Long legs. Well, this was an unexpected detour. <laughs> so um, lineup stuff. The lineup to Shields led off again. He doubled. He did strike out twice, but they did not hit well yesterday. Cody Bellinger had two of the Dodgers' six hits, including a double off Johnny Cueto. Aaron Altair. 18% owned. He batted uh, second. He doubled twice at the Cubs and hadn't been playing quite every day, but he was in there yesterday. And Xander Bogarts led off again. Looks like he's their leadoff hitter for now. pedroia has been horrible this year. Um, Scott, I talked about the Shields, Bellinger, Altair, Bogarts. Anything really jump out at you?
1: I just, I'm still skeptical that they're really going to end up sending Bellinger down. He brings so much energy to that lineup. And, uh, has has been great. I mean, even in terms of strikeouts, five strikeouts and 25 at bats, it's obviously not much of a sample there, but he, he, like, he's the kind of talent and, you know, so far it's played out where you see him improve upon reaching the majors and, uh, I just, uh. Just bench I,
3: Adrian Gonzalez. Adrian Gonzalez. Just let or, Cody
2: Bellinger play first.
3: And, or Andrew
1: Tolles. I mean, on.
2: Sure. You They've got yeah. bad hitters all throughout the outfield and first base. They can find room for them.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and, the shields and Bell and Altair are, are, I don't know, around 20% owned. Who would you rather Under-owned. Have? Pick one. The shields. The shields. But I like Altair.
1: Yeah. I, I guess to shields, but now Profar's down, so it's yeah. it's like Ryan Rua, is that is that going to threaten to shields playing time? No, I, I just I just wonder if to shields is going to threaten to shields playing time. Well, I mean, is we've got is is really so much more proven and promising than to shields? Like, I, not proven. I I don't know. Like,
2: I, neither one of them are proven. We've seen to shields fail more.
0: And, and succeed that's more. True. We haven't really seen the shields fail that much. I mean, look, both last of them. Year, 20, last year, twenty sixteen, the shields and out there were both very disappointing. Both need to hit, okay? But but you got opportunities <laughs> here, and yeah. they're they're pretty under owned. So, so we were trying to get people to to jump on. Look, Michael Conforto's up to eighty five percent owned now. And yeah, uh,
1: wow. And and like during the course of yesterday, Scott Schebler went from twelve percent to fifty two percent. Wow, like. I thought more leagues used fab
0: <laughs> and would make that possible. <laughs> wow, that's you know? crazy. Yeah. Uh, so let me go to Conforto real quick. Well, before we do buy low or heck no, let's do sell high or keep in there. We already did Bundy. Um, Michael Conforto is 85% honed, owned. Uh, sell high or keep this guy. And the reason why I'm, I'm curious about selling high here is he's only one for eight against lefties. Only eight at bats against lefties. And, uh, he did homer. That was his one hit, but. This guy really has not shown he can hit left-handed pitching. So buy or sell high or keep this guy, Michael Conforto. Um, I'm gonna keep him. I I don't
3: the the lefty thing is a concern. I, he's kind of someone that's making me change my view on fantasy baseball in general. I think we should just assume that the first guy off the bench is going to get his chance at some point with every team because it's just nothing nothing ever goes right enough where they don't right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean Jerko for the Cardinals. Yeah, like it—it just—it seems like at some point you're going to get your chance if
2: you're in that situation what, and you're talented. What do I get to count as a sell high on Conforto? Because I I'm Schwarber. in on him.
1: Yeah, I do that. I do that. I would take yeah. Schorber. Yeah, me too. No, I get what you're saying. I mean the the concept of Conforto. Yeah, he's 85 percent owned now. A couple days ago he was like 55 percent owned, and it's like. How, how likely are you ever to sell high on a player you just picked up? I think it's pretty unlikely that the rest of the league would go for that. So I'm con- kind of content to let this play out. I think Conforto has the upside that could yeah. make it worthwhile.
3: I think he's gonna stick. I think he has top 25
0: outfielder upside. Okay. Conforto or Bellinger? Conforto. Conforto. Easily. Yep. Alright. Uh, the other sell high or keep this guy is Jason Fargus! Only one strikeout, but another good start. Like, the White Sox actually been hitting the ball pretty well lately, so now Vargas, with uh, one run and six innings, has a 142 ERA, sell high or keep this guy, Jason Vargas.
2: You can't sell high, but if you could, you should. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't want
0: to be, there, this was his can't. true colors there, yesterday. There's a pretty
3: good chance that you're dropping him in two weeks. Yeah. So, if you could get anything for him,
2: that's
1: something, that's awesome. I will say that this, you're not dropping this, this in was two weeks. This is his
2: second time seeing the White Sox in a week,
1: so that he didn't hit him too hard.
2: No, <laughs> Avi Garcia though.
1: Yeah, He's looking for any silver lining he can find.
2: Yeah, if you could sell him for any of the top fifty pitchers, do it. I'd sell him for Avi Sal Garcia. Yeah, I'm not doing that.
0: <laughs> well, if you're if you're planning on dropping Vargas in two weeks, uh, you know, or at least considering it, why wouldn't you trade him for Avi Garcia? I, th-
2: I think there's just as good a chance yeah. that I'm dropping Avi Sal Garcia. I don't.
1: Uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess the only thing around. is that
2: like a starting
3: pitcher. Can have one bad start that makes you drop him, whereas like Avicel Garcia could be like the the frog in the boiling pot of water where you don't realize you need to drop him until three weeks too late.
0: <laughs> Alright, uh, so, we'll do buy low or heck no in a second. Heath, before I forget, you, before the show started, were telling me you were moving Senwano down in your rankings after he gave up, th- I think, three unearned runs yesterday? Now, to be clear, I, I, two things. Don't, I
2: feel kind of weird about the whole unearned runs when it comes on a dong, but he, they were unearned runs. They did not hurt his ERA. I, the reason I say that is I don't think the manager looks at that and says, well, that home run you gave up, that was unearned because you should have been out of the inning. I, there's a little bit of reason to still be concerned. And I had not updated my reliever rankings during his recent success. So it's, I wasn't just overreacting to this one outing, I guess. Okay. Okay. I, I, I don't feel like he's – like, I've got him in the Roberto Osuna range.
0: Do you have him – who do you have, like, Tony Watson or Senwano? Oh, oh, for sure. Like, he – we've talked about that
2: whole tier of relievers that we thought could be elite number ones. He is at the very bottom of that for me now, but I didn't move him out of that tier. It it would take a lot for somebody not in that tier to jump into it.
0: He's been pitching really well, though. He had turned things around. Rosenthal also got – got roughed up I think in his last outing or maybe his two outings ago, whatever it was. I, was, I thought it was interesting. Uh, but okay. But he's still in the elite tier. Still in the elite tier. And uh Bilo- could be elite tier. What'd you say? The could, could be elite tier. Could be elite tier, right. Yeah, he's uh, not up there with Wade Davis or anything. Now Bilo or heck no in just a second, but you know, I want to talk a little bit about daily fantasy right now. What is the best part about fantasy sports? It's gotta be the draft. So why don't you do more drafts? And let me tell you about my favorite daily fantasy game. I, I have been playing it myself. It's the Draft app. It's just called Draft. It's simple. And it's a simple daily fantasy act app uh, where you can do snake drafts, just like the ones you do at the beginning of your season. And it's great because nobody you're competing against is going to have the same players as you. It's a simple concept, but that's why I love the app. And there's more strategy, in my opinion. And last week I did, a, I think, a six-person draft. And I won. I won some money. So guess what? On Draft, you can play for free or you can play for money, and your chances of winning money on Draft are almost three times better than your chances of winning on FanDuel or DraftKings. So if you're playing fantasy for money and you're not spending hours a day doing it, you absolutely should be playing on Draft. So join me and download the Draft app now. Just search Draft in the App Store. It's going to be the first one you see. Be sure to enter the promo code FB today. When you download, you're going to get a 100% bonus on up to 600 bucks when you deposit Search draft in the app store and use the promo code FB today, as in fantasy baseball today. Buy low or heck no. After this, we're going to read some emails. I got a lot that I want to get to. We haven't been getting to too many. So here we go. Edwin Encarnacion, who now has 20, 30, 37 strikeouts in 25 games. Uh, man, buy low or heck no on Edwin Encarnacion. Buy low. I'll buy low.
1: Okay. Yeah. Notorious slow starter. The strikeout's, you know, a little concerning, I guess, but I don't want to read it too much into it yet.
0: By low on Edwin Encarnacion. Chris Davis. He was the number 17 first baseman in points, number 16 in roto last year, and he is once again struggling. I will say that in 2015, Chris Davis was batting 250 in his first 26 games, and then he hit 41 home runs in his next 134, and he was awesome. Uh, so buy low or heck no on Chris Davis with a C of the Orioles.
1: I buy low, but I buy low with the understanding there's a wide range of potential outcomes for him, um, and so I really want to make sure it's a low that I'm buying him. And uh, would Hanley Ramirez be low?
3: I would. Yeah, yeah. I w-
1: I think that's low, but I don't have nearly. I, I'm not coming at, from the starting point for Hanley Ramirez
0: that you are. Okay. Would you trade yes. Michael Conforto for Chris Davis? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Would you trade Dylan Bundy for Chris Davis? Yeah.
2: If I was in a situation where I needed that and had excess pitching, sure.
0: Yeah, I would definitely do it. All right. Next up, another streaky guy. Jackie Bradley, 196 batting average with one home run, uh, five walks, 12 strikeouts, and 13 games. Jackie Bradley, Buy low or heck no. Uh, More like Jackie mean. badly. <laughs> I'd buy low on him too. I mean it's only he
1: missed all that time, so it's such a tiny sample relative to everyone else. I don't know that it's but I don't even know that it's fair to take his numbers and kind of is his knee healthy. Um I can't guarantee it. I imagine he wouldn't it's, be playing a, if he wasn't.
3: It's a it's a variable that you have to consider when you're
1: talking about trading for him. Yeah for Bradley. Um, he is you know, he's not that far ahead of like Conforto for me to put it in perspective of what buy low means. Like, you know, somebody off to a hot start who I don't think is that good like uh Yasmani Tomas, he's off to a pretty good start, right?
2: Like Yasmani
1: yeah. Tomas for Jackie Bradley deal, something like I would that. Do that. Yeah.
2: All right, Jackie Bradley uh, buy low. I'm going to say heck no. Oh, heck no. Heck
0: no, he says. And
2: it's not because I really like I just think if that's the level, I've got I've got him ranked right around Tomas. I'd probably just rather stick with Tomas because of the risk that Bradley really is just badly this year.
0: All right. Well, how about Gregory uh of the Pirates? Gregory Polanco has not homered yet. Twenty-two games. He does have seven doubles. Good walk to strikeout ratio. Nine walks. Fifteen Ks. Five steals. But Polanco's batting 234, 235 with no home runs. Buy low on Gregory Polanco or heck no? I've
1: been trying to trade him actually. And not, I'm not selling low on him. Maybe that's why I haven't succeeded in trading <laughs> him. But, uh, I'm trying to trade him like he's a fifth or sixth round pick because I, I don't have a lot of confidence in him. I, I didn't coming in. Like I felt like a lot of his draft value was dependent on him taking a step forward that so far he hasn't taken yet. Yep. Strikeout rate is encouraging. Uh, the fact he's running is encouraging and that's why I don't want to sell low on him. I think there's still plenty of upside there, but, um, I don't have a lot of confidence in Polanco now.
2: Buy low. I'm going to make you some offers today,
3: Scott. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't, uh,
1: I would not buy low on him. But I'm not selling Low Lowe's, just to be clear. So you, I you can't buy Low from me. You can buy face value. I'm going to offer you players that you like more than me. Okay. And then I'll just take Polanco.
0: All right. We'll see. Gregory Polanco. Do you think Marcus Stroman for Gregory Polanco is a fair deal?
1: Yes. Sure. Yeah. And I'd probably lean to the Polanco
0: side on that. I'd rather have Polanco. All right. Chris, you picked uh, Stroman to win the Cy Young? Yeah. So you yeah, sure you'd do that? I mean,
3: it was, it was a bold prediction. Yeah, it was. It wasn't a, it wasn't a prediction. It was bold. <laughs> okay.
2: I don't know if it was bold. I mean, it's in the Cy, like the Cy Young picks, you picked Marcus Stroman. It wasn't part of our bold prediction section? No. There's no, oh, there's I don't.
3: <laughs> no, any, any Cy Young pick in the American League is a bold prediction. It's, no, know? it's, it,
0: that, Dallas Keiko is the safe prediction, as we established sure. yesterday.
2: Sure. Other than Chris Sale. They're kind of the same person.
0: Um Christian Yelich. Okay, so I put Christian Yelich in the by or heck no and then I saw he's actually been better than I thought. Uh like it didn't strike me as as Yelich was having a good season. He's batting 280 with four home runs and three steals. 20 runs and 17 RBIs though. It, it's really helping Yelich to be the number 21 outfielder in points, number 17 in Rodo, still hitting a ton of ground balls, but the home run to fly ball ratio is actually about the same as it was last year when he hit uh a career high twenty one home runs and thirty eight doubles. So I, I don't even know if Yelich if is in this category, but by low heck no. I you know like I don't know, talk about Yelich. <laughs> he, he
3: is what he is. Uh I I wouldn't expect twenty home runs again, but I think he'll get pretty close. I think he's gonna put up really good uh run and RBI numbers. He's on like a twenty five homer pace
1: though, right? Yeah, but if he had one fewer <laughs> home run, he'd be on a fifteen homer pace. Yeah. Um well, it, yeah, but it's just weird. Like, I see four home runs and I think, man, this guy is not keeping up with the power hitters. But he, you, you, you play it out like that, and oh, well, maybe he is. Maybe just some of the hot starters have totals that are way too high and unsustainable, which is no doubt true. But what's weird about Christian Yelich is four home runs versus one double, and I feel like I've seen this from a lot of players. Like, I'm not even sure how to look it up, but are doubles way down this year? Like it would make sense if everybody's putting the ball in the air more and and
0: selling. Well, we out just for talked about
1: Gregory Polanco having seven doubles, no home runs. So. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I think Yelich really is not having that good of a year. It's it's twenty runs and seventeen steals uh, seventeen oh, yeah. RBIs. Like unless I unless I put the wrong stats. Like those counting stats are are crazy. Wait, those are correct. I'm, I'll buy low. I still think he's going to be a top twenty-four outfielder. Yeah. Okay. Heath, getting us back on task. Thank you, Heath. And by low or heck no on Michael Franco. By low, by low
2: for sure, one hundred percent.
0: Really? All right. He's hitting the ball very hard. He's All right, not cool. striking out yeah.
2: as usual, and walking, and he's always got RBI opportunity, just like we thought he would.
0: All right, Michael Franco, <laughs> and by low or heck no on Kendris Morales.
1: By low, by low. I did yesterday. Um, I'd technically call him a by low, but I don't think the ceiling is so high. That it's, it's a major priority. I actually dropped him in a 21 know, man roster league, 12 team league for Conforto, I think. Yeah, you might be able to pick him up. Right. That's why he's a by-low because you don't have to give up hardly anything
2: for
0: him. Uh, well, he, Kendris Morales hit 30 home runs last year. 17 of them came in, in 40 games. Like he was, the point is Kendris Morales was mostly awful. For much of the season last year, more than two thirds. Right. I, I don't
2: think he's been as bad this year as his numbers suggest. Um. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not really worried about him. I still think he's going to hit 30 home runs this year.
0: All right. Uh, listen, people, you've been emailing us a lot. Fantasy baseball at cbsi.com. Fantasy baseball at cbsi.com. Much of it has been grade to trade. So we'll save some of those for Wednesday. But for now, it's time for emails, followed by Team Name Tuesday. And then we should probably talk about, uh, like, Amir Garrett. And- at least Severino. Yeah, Severino had no command yesterday. Did any pitcher that pitched yesterday change your mind? Severino, Garrett, Odorizzi, Velasquez, Gazelman, Daniel Norris? Uh, I'm Ooh. I'm totally
3: fine. I- I've been okay with dropping Robert Gazelman.
1: It's it's 100 percent okay. Yeah, just go ahead and do it. Yeah, yeah. Authentic. I was so mad at myself for same with trusting him in, in him in a two start week after just dropping him in one league last week. I was like, oh, two stars. Same I with Trevor. Same straight. with Trevor Bauer. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I feel uh, exactly the same way. Here's a here's something I noticed with Amir Garrett, who it looks like rebound start from his one bad start. It was a really bad start. Um, but apart from that one 12 strikeout effort, strikeouts have been consistently low. Um, you know, only 4Ks in this start But the only damage was a couple solo home runs Those are the only two hits he allowed But I was reading the recap of the start On the Reds' official website And they mentioned in there That when batters make contact They're hitting the ball very hard He has the second highest Average exit velocity Among all pitchers And that seems like a problem for a guy Who's not missing bats Apart from that 1-12 strikeout game and he's not getting a lot of swinging strikes overall. And actually, I, I I'm doing uh I'm doing research for
3: a for a piece, and I'm looking at the pitches that have the lowest swinging strike rates. He has the lowest swing strike rate with his four seam fastball in baseball.
1: Amir Garrett, yeah. Amir Garrett, so yeah. Uh, I've been so watching. I, him, I mean, uh, obviously, I'm not dropping him based on this. He's must own, but he might be somebody I think about sneaking into a deal.
0: I, had I was the same. I thought. was very encouraged by dear by Daniel Norris's start. I can't figure him out. This is two good starts against, uh, Cleveland this year. Basically his only two, like, really good starts. And he walked four yesterday. But I, I still think there's a lot of potential with Daniel Norris. He's 49% owned. I don't know. I can't figure a lot of these guys out. I had the same thought about Garrett. Uh, I like him, but I, I think he's just so inexperienced that you could see, you could see a point where he just really struggles and gets dropped. And now might be the time to throw him into a deal, which I, I almost did yesterday, Scott. I felt the same exact way.
1: Yeah. I think it's worth mentioning too, since we kind of glossed over it. My, my opinion of Severino hasn't changed. Yeah. Based on the bad start. I mean, he's allowed one bad start in four. What, what did you, I guess when you say that, cause mine
2: didn't really either, but I don't feel like I'd moved him up quite as quickly.
1: I think he is the biggest riser among starting pitchers this year. Like the one guy who I can say, um, you know, went widely undrafted, but now I can't imagine. Penny, I, I uh, can't even imagine Severino. how that happened.
3: Severino, yeah. 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 What, uh, what, what's interesting is his, uh, three hardest thrown balls came on his 59th, 60th, and 61st fastballs.
0: Yeah. Of his start. It was weird. It was 100 pitches in. He started, he threw 100 miles per hour. Yeah. Um, so I he just I had no command. Couldn't locate. I think it that's down.
3: actually a really good sign.
0: Oh, I said that last time. I mean, it, his velocity seems to be increasing as the games go on. His velocity velocity's been great. His change up. I think the difference between him and Pineda. I think he, uh Severino's change up is better than Pineda's. Pineda's is almost just like, look, I have a change up. <laughs> I think Severino can yeah. actually be effective with it.
3: And we don't have years and years of Michael Pineda being yeah. frustrating.
0: Yeah. Uh, alright. He's a so, high butt though. Let, he does. Let's, uh, let's do emails here. This is from, oh come on, the first email, I already forgot to, I didn't put the guy's name in. That's pathetic. <laughs> this is from egg in my kitchen. Dear fantasy poached, scrambled, fried, and boiled. Um, I'll Watch make this, I'm, I'll make <laughs> yes. this quick and easy. 12 team categories league. Weekly or daily lineups? Go. Uh, weekly. Weekly. Daily, I like
1: daily, oh man, they're split six six of the league. they needed us to
0: break the tie, and we go two two
3: well, <laughs> um Azer and Heath's opinions don't matter so there you <laughs>
1: i go. I will say, and maybe this can be the tiebreaker, if there is any format where I'm not so down on daily, it's head to head categories. I think that's the one that makes the most sense because you get to mix in those relievers in between your starts which is maybe,
2: maybe just compromise and go weekly transactions daily lineups
0: how about daily with daily with a transactions limit or an innings limit so people you definitely have to have an innings yeah. and
3: plate appearances limit.
0: and i would say an innings minimum too
3: yep yeah
1: i don't like either, any of those things
0: <laughs> this, <laughs> this is some, make,
3: make fantasy baseball more like fantasy football wherever you can i think
1: well that would mean head to head points is the format.
3: But you don't have to do that. You can, you can <laughs> just still- Just in the way well, But if better. you, if you prefer head to head categories, you can still <laughs> do that without
0: fundamentally changing your league. Josh in Iowa. Hey, Ricky, Cal, Walker, and Texas Ranger. That is the, uh... That's Ricky Bobby. Yeah. The, Bo- the Bobby family. Yeah. With, uh, well, no, Cal is, Cal is. Oh, that was, uh, yeah, that was John a friend. C. John C. Oh, this They're family. Doesn't yeah, he they're
3: marry family. his ex-wife?
0: Yes. That makes family. <laughs> uh, With Gary Sanchez coming off the DL, who do I drop? Yvonne Nova, Bud Norris, Julio Arias, Michael Conforto, or Michael Franco? Ouch. Nova, Bud Norris, Arias, Conforto, Franco. Ooh. Bud. Ooh. Norris clearly has the lowest long-term value. Norris. Okay. Ryan in St. Louis. Dear Bud. Blue Springs, Lees, Summit, and Liberty. Those
2: are suburbs of Kansas City.
0: This huh. question is to the resident Kansas in on the staff. If Calvin Herrera is traded, who takes over as closer? Soria, assuming he's not traded as well. Okay. Taylor in Canada. Who's better going forward, Elvis Andrews or Ledmus Diaz? Diaz. Oledmus, and I
1: think he probably has less trade value right now. <laughs> oh, that's sad. <laughs> Definite, definite buy low scenario, yes. uh, for Diaz then, who, I mean, is doing exactly what you want in terms of the low strikeout rate and hitting home runs. It's just, <laughs> batting average is going to correct itself.
0: Babbitt's really low and he's not walking. Yeah. From Glenn, sell James Paxson high or could he be a Cy Young candidate? My the bold,
1: answer? one of my bold prediction was top three Cy Young finisher. And the answer AAL to both on, questions could yeah. be yes. I yeah.
2: would not sell high unless you own him and Chris is in your league or Scott.
1: <laughs> I
3: mean, you, if you could get, like, a top 12 pitcher for him, I think I think he's right near that range. I don't think he's quite there. But, like, I'm not 100% sure Cole Hamels is better
0: than him. No, I would take Paxton. Either. I would take Paxton. But uh, would everybody take Paxton over Hamels? I would take Hamels. I would still take Hamels. But the way Chris
1: phrased that was, I'm not 100% sure I would, I definitely, sure Hamels, I would not. Better. I would not trade – if I had James Paxton, I would not trade him for Cole Hamels.
2: I would not trade Cole Hamels for James Paxton. Yeah, I
1: don't – I don't think I, I. I think I'd probably stick with whichever one I had because it's too fine of a line for yeah. me to
0: want to. You're flipping a coin there. For me to want to shoot myself in the foot. Okay. Uh, true or false? From James in Boston, Jonathan Lucroy will justify his draft position this year. Uh, I think you kind of have to go with false. Really? Right?
3: Well, he's got a 5.23 OPS on May 2nd. It's going to be. He's got He's got a lot
0: of work to make up. You see where yeah, he batted we yesterday? See, we see players have bad months all the time. You see where Jonathan Lucroy batted yesterday? Batted ninth. It's like his third game batting ninth. They just keep moving him down. He'll I, get hot at some so him a little like, protection in the order.
3: He's a thirty one year
2: old catcher, guys. I would call him a by low candidate as well. I would call him a by low. I don't think he'll probably justify his draft position.
0: Well, he's destroying my podcast league team, by the way. Oh, how are we doing on the on the poll in the podcast league? Are people voting? I did not see a (laughs) poll, so I didn't vote. Chris saw it, right? I did vote. I don't remember what I voted for. Oh, we have we have nine votes, which means two of the people who haven't (laughs) voted are on this podcast. Out of the three who haven't voted, and it looks like I am the only one who voted (laughs) for option one. So I screwed up and made uh, a 12-team league into a division of five and a division of seven instead of two divisions of six. Unfortunately, there is no way to correct that without screwing up the standings and the schedule. So I said, we have two options. Either I can put Scott White in the Mountain Dew division and take him out of the Peeps division. I guess we decided to name the divisions after the two grossest things on earth. Um, or <laughs> name, You came up with those names, didn't you? It, it must have been last year, honestly. I didn't change them. Oh, okay. Or uh, no divisions and the top six teams make the playoffs. And no divisions is winning nine to one, and I know I, just I voted. I this vote, is ten to one now. I voted to make it nine. You've, oh you voted to make it night okay
1: why are you volunteering me to move to a division this, this
3: isn't a this rib,
0: isn't a riveting
3: podcasting guys i got to say i am on the edge of my seat along with everyone
0: listening because scott you were because i want two analysts in in each division and and i was going to take the two first place teams in in the peeps division and move one anyway it's right. not going to happen that with divisions divisions are stupid i, I agree that's what's going to happen no divisions uh all right from anthony from nevada or nevada I was wondering what you thought of Rafael Bautista of the Nationals. Dude stole 200-plus bags in the minors. I don't see Michael Taylor keeping the job. Do you think Rafael Bautista is worth a shot in a deep roto league? That is not the guy to pick up. If you want to speculate,
3: I would say the guy to pick up is Andrew Stevenson, who just got moved up to AAA Syracuse. He was hitting 350 at A. He's one of their uh, top ten prospects, at least on baseball prospectus. And uh, he's he's got a lot of stolen base potential. Has 63 and 208 minor league games. Bautista was one of their top ten prospects too, I think.
2: Not on the list I was looking at. Okay, maybe that was last year he was. Um, I like in a really deep roto league, you've got guys that are not on major league rosters on your team, and
0: he's on a major league roster, and he's got huge stolen base potential. I I don't hate adding him. All right, we interrupt these emails for some team name Tuesday, and then we'll finish up with more emails. Kevin from Pennsylvania, the wrath of Conley. Yes. Oh, yeah. Very good. Uh Wes from Arizona has two. You be the judge with uh, sure. a couple of guys there. And Sano White and his seven dongs.
1: I do yeah. like turning Sano into Snow. That's not something I would have thought of
3: on so, my like, own. So, like,
1: Informer
3: by Sano? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Scott, you don't get that one? No. In, it, oh, come on. It, everybody,
0: everybody knows the words yeah. of that. Informer. You know, <laughs> Uh I get to sing again. Sing I, I still word. don't get it. Sorry. Rusty <laughs> says, uh, this is the all DL team name. Cinder Garden of Eton, baby. That's good. Yeah, that's pretty good that's for good. having
1: two players. Have,
3: uh, have we shoehorned? done? Have we done? Sung one. Oh, it's magic.
0: <laughs> no, no, that's good. And uh, Alfred says, "Word to your mother." Word sure. to yours, Alfred. Very good. Okay, back to emails from Brady. Would it be smart to offer Ryan Zimmerman for Carlos Martinez in a points league?
2: Very,
1: very smart.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't think you'll get it, but yeah, it would be brilliant.
1: Uh, you might get it. Man, I mean, Zimmerman's been the best player in fantasy, right? I've been, I, I can't bring myself to offer him for anyone, and I,
3: because I just don't know if anybody buys it. Yeah, there's a way to find out. Uh, yeah, good <laughs> offer him. I just keep hoping I can find the guy in my league who like doesn't really watch baseball
0: anymore. But, but you're not going was to really find into him,
3: baseball <laughs> six years ago. You can't find him without offering.
0: Well, Ryan yeah. Zimmerman, I'm actually going to look up some actual trades involving Ryan Zimmerman in a moment. Uh, this is Kevin in so- Sokol? 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 Southern California. California. I know, I know, I'm just kidding, uh, dear yeah. Jim, <laughs> Jim, Michael, Andy, and Dwight. I'm sure uh, they, I'm sure they filmed that in Sokol. Uh, ten-team five by five standard. Would you drop Gregory Polanco or Eric Hosmer for Josh Bell or Delino to Shields? Not that down on Polanco. Yeah, not Polanco.
1: <laughs> I, I think it's fine to drop Eric Hosmer. Is it worth it for either of those two, though? I'm not. I actually, I, I, and I kind of like both Bell and De Shields. I I don't think. I like, think it's just kind of somebody's like, going to pick up Hosmer and start him most of the year if you drop him.
2: Eh,
0: maybe. Okay, he did it a
1: home run yesterday.
0: He did. He did. He's back. Hit it the other way. And last one here, dear Billy Happy and Sandy Wexler. Oh. I, this is from uh, Jeremy. I meant to tell you, I started watching Sandy Wexler because I wanted to watch the worst movie ever made. I and don't know what that is. Is
1: it, is it the worst movie ever made?
0: No. Grown Ups is worse. And Grown Ups <laughs> 2 is probably even worse than that. And I never saw Jack and Jill. But so far, about halfway through Sandy Wexler, which is a, a made-for-Netflix Adam Sandler movie, uh, yeah, it's as bad as i thought it was going to be so did he,
3: adam did he release like 5 movies
1: on netflix in like a year yeah they he signed some big deal with them a while back um did did adam sandler legitimately get worse or did his fan base just grow up i i think his style
3: of comedy doesn't fit with what people like anymore oh no 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 like, like he, the he legitimately style com- got but worse the style of comedy has changed like <laughs> what's popular in comedy is very different than it was in the 90s yeah the kind of like dopey Dumb guy isn't really like working anymore. Yeah, the, but... the Judd Apatow version of comedy has kind of taken over. No, uh, he's bad he got worse. Pretty
2: great. He he got he got a uh, he got family friendly. Or neighbors?
1: That's not an Adam Sandler movie. No, um... no, but it was
2: the same type of humor. But no, but there
1: was the dopey what, guy. What's, yeah. what's the best
0: Adam Sandler movie? I think it's Billy Madison, but Fifty First Dates is up there, right? It's hmm. like maybe fifth or sixth.
1: I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know that going family friendly was his issue. I I even kind of like bedtime stories. I, I like guess. just go with it for some reason.
0: <laughs> I kind of like Click actually. Click, I cry hysterically, hysterical tears from the movie Click, the most unnecessarily sad movie. There's there like a <laughs> ten minute sequence. Big Daddy was pretty great. Yeah, B- yeah Big Daddy was, was when he was good.
2: Great, I just
3: kind of like like the last like movie I would say is good by him. Uh, and that's like 18 years ago.
0: Yeah, yeah maybe. Uh, well, I don't know. I didn't really like Funny People
3: that much.
2: I thought Funny People was the okay. The first
3: two-thirds of that movie are great, and then it
1: just devolves into a disaster. You yeah. know, it seems like Heath is the most welcoming of Adam Sandler movies. Well, Funny People is like the least Adam Sandler
3: movie Um, And and, and look how grown-up
2: Heath is. I'm trying to see what the
0: last Adam Sandler movie I actually saw was, though. Probably Funny People. So here's the thing. I don't really – I am not looking forward to all the hate tweets that I'm going to get for this very long Adam Sandler (laughs) conversation. So I'm going to get back to baseball. The only thing I'm going to say is, like, if you listen to his CDs – Adam Sandler's CDs, like from back in the day, like what the hell happened to me? He was so funny. And that stuff is a lot of it is still very funny. He just he just became family friendly. Um so here's the question. It's in a keeper league and it's about dropping Greg Bird. Uh should Jeremy drop Greg Bird. In a keeper league, probably like I don't know
2: how many you get to keep, but you'd have to keep a lot before I'd really be worried about dropping. He them.
0: said rookies are quite valuable. That's all he said. Is he a rookie? He's not technically he's not a, rookie. a rookie, but no.
1: it might be a situation where he has, rookies have a low starting value and then grow from there. So he'd still be early on that. I mean, we're kind of trying to decipher the format based on little information. I, I think him stressing that would lead me to believe that he should probably hang on to Bird.
3: Look, the, the strikeout rates way up, which is a concern, but he's, he is still hitting the ball pretty hard. Uh, I think the
0: power can still come it's probably just a really bad month you know when you see a guy who's slumping and every time he gets up to the plate he just looks like he has no clue what he wants to do he doesn't know if he should he swing early he'll take he'll take a pitch it's always a strike he's always behind in the count like it just happens i, I don't mm-hmm. know what the future holds but right now that is greg bird the guy is just completely lost and uh I, you know I, I i don't know in like a deep league where nobody's dropping him i i still think He's going to be valuable, but there's no – I mean, nobody's hanging on to him in, in any any league with fl- flexibility on the roster. But in a keeper league, yeah, I'd keep Bird.
3: I still haven't dropped him.
0: Right. But what what league? Uh, it's a 12-team. It's a keeper
3: league, but he's not looking like a person that I'm going to keep right now. It's just I haven't needed the roster spot. I've been able to drop other guys. I dropped Byron Buxton ahead of him. Um, so I, I'm just – I'm hanging on. And
0: hoping. Hold on for one more day. Okay, we're done. Thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you, Chris, for, for joining me and singing. That was very fun. And uh, go watch Sandy Wexler. Let
1: me know what you think. H- Happy Gilmore is the best Adam Sandler movie, right? Yeah. I said yeah. Billy
0: Madison, but it's it's a toss up. They're kind toss-up. of the same movie. But the question is which one is third. So you let us know what's the third best Adam Sandler movie. We'll talk to you tomorrow.